everyone, and welcome to the Screen Strong Families podcast, bringing you the best solutions for parents who are serious about finally eliminating screen problems in their homes. If you are one of our regular listeners, welcome back. And if you are a new friend, we're so glad you found us. You are no longer alone and all in the dark. You have found your people and the answers that may just change your life. So welcome. It's Screen Strong. I'll just remind everyone that we believe that parents do have a choice to skip the most harmful, problematic screens for our kids. And these would be video games, social media, and pornography. These are the most problematic. We like to say toxic over here. It's Screen Strong. Um, you know, we feel like it's perfectly fine and it's very evidence-based and scientific to skip these problematic screens during childhood and all the way through adolescence. That means all the way through the 48 months of high school. We have a lot of families that have done this. It works really well. Our mission is really growing. So please go to our site and join our Connect group and our Connect Plus group, actually, that is the subscription level. The free level is the Connect. And the next one is the Connect Plus. And in the Connect Plus, we have webinars. We have all sorts of material in there for you to take advantage of and to just learn and to understand what is happening to our kids and their screens. We have a lot of resources. And we can help you prevent and reverse childhood screen dependencies and addictions It is possible to get your kids back. And all of our educational content, like I said, is evidence-based. We have a whole advisory board of physicians that we work with, and we keep everything very science-based and not opinionated because there are so many opinions right now in the parenting world about how to handle screens in your home and how to manage them. Our bold solution is to take a very strong stand, and it really works. We are not another parental control company, and today you're going to learn why. (laughs) So I know I was the parent out there trying all the parental controls, and I just have to tell you this little story. So um, most, most people listening know how ScreenStrong got started, that out of our four children, our first born son was um, the guinea pig for the video game world. And we did not do very well with uh, managing all that. Like uh, every parent in the world, (laughs) we had a lot of problems Um, and he became very addicted and it all happened right under our roof and we didn't even know what was happening. And then he ended up dropping out of college because he just kept playing all the way after high school and um, he didn't finish his classes and you know the whole story there, but let me tell you what happened just recently. I don't know, a couple of years ago, however many years ago, the years are flying by here, but Adam was back at home and we were talking and we were at dinner here in the, in our house. And we were talking about how kids hack parental controls and Adam was very just into this topic. And he, it was just fascinating listening to him talk about all the ways that kids hack parental controls. And so he started to remind us about what he did when he was in high school. And my husband and I were all ears because we didn't know. And we're like, oh yeah, yeah. Tell us what you did. And so he started talking about, yeah, mom, you remember Um, you know, when I was in high school and y'all got that new router and he said the name, whatever it was back then. 
he said the new router and you put a password on it. And he said, I was so mad that you put this password because then I couldn't game because you would turn the router off or whatever. And he couldn't get to it at night because, you know, we thought he needed to go to bed. <laughs> you know, we were bad parents. <laughs> and so um, he was explaining how he figured out the password. <laughs> he said, um, he said that what he did, he said he was so mad. And it just reminded me of what a drug addict does when they are looking for their drug, right? Their next high. And this is like what I was feeling when he was describing this. He said, I was so angry um, that, you know, that you put this password on there. So he said, now I still don't quite understand. And hopefully our guest today can <laughs> speak to this, but he said he used a dictionary attack. I think that was the term he used. He said it took him almost like six or eight hours or something, but he finally figured out the password. I'm like, oh my gosh. And he said, and y'all didn't even know. So he's right. We didn't even know. So for the next two years or whatever it was, while he was still under our roof, we thought that we were safe. And all along within that first 24 hours, he had figured out the password. So, oh my goodness, I learned then, and I learned even earlier on with Adam when he was in middle school and high school, how we tried all the things to manage. And I am telling you, if you're new to Screen Strong, or maybe you're not new, but I'm telling you, this is a topic that is so critical to understand because we are putting a whole lot of faith in some things that may not be working. And I'm not saying that, that parental controls are bad or anything like that. Passwords are wonderful. We need them all. But I'm just telling you that where there is a will, there is a way. So today I want to welcome to our show, Doug Smith. Welcome. Thank you so much, Melanie. It's awesome to be here. I am so excited to get you on. So what we're going to talk about today is just going to kind of blow people's minds. I already know. And you're the perfect person to help us unpack this and do this. So I want you to talk about your background and we're going to talk about why you're the expert. Um, but I'm going to just tell our audience that Doug is one of our Screen Strong ambassadors and he has been an ambassador with us really since the beginning. And we are so thankful for Doug and for all the other ambassadors that are out there, because we cannot all do this by ourselves. We have to have help. We have to have people that are experts like Doug come in and help us learn. So today, Doug, you are going to help us with, we, we have 20 ways, but it's really more than 20 ways, um, how kids get around parental controls. And, and parents, listen, we're not out there, you know, talking about your kids being, you know, terrible kids. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about you have to be ahead of them. You have to be smarter than your kids when it comes to this. So Doug, give us your background and tell, and just tell us a little bit about why this is right up your alley. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I, I love this subject, uh, Melanie. And, and of course, I'm a huge, huge longtime fan of Screen Strong and all that you guys have been doing. And I'm honored Thank to be you. an ambassador too. But, but yeah, so I've, I've been involved in software engineering, software development, uh, for over 30 years, which is hard to say because I'm not even that old. You're not um, that old, right? I'm not. I started when I was three. <laughs> well, you're three. But, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but really, I, I've done. A, I've worn a lot of hats and done a lot of things in the industry. But I'm also a dad of four grown daughters, and I'm. Um, hmm. I've been a lifelong Bible student too, and so I went into a real deep dive not only on the uh, the technology around it, but almost also the uh, the industry practices. And as I watch smartphones 
and all the related technologies arise as we all did and, and noticed the addictions that were forming and I wanted to see what was going on. Yeah. And so that led me to write a book. Um, and in the process of writing my book, I found uh, Screen Strong. And yeah. so I quote yeah. you in my book. And so it was fantastic to be able to do that. Yeah, um, we'll put that in the show notes. We'll put your 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 book there in the show notes too. Oh, thank you, thank you so much. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Today I'm I am uh, the uh, lead Android engineer for Covenant Eyes. Uh, so Covenant Eyes is one of the one of the leaders in the space of anti pornography uh, through accountability and filtering. And yes. so I know from the front lines, I can tell you a lot about technology. And so I can, we can go pretty deep, but pretty much as deep as you want to go. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And so keep that in mind as you're listening. If you have a question that we don't get to, please email us at team at and we will get it to Doug and we will get you an answer. So Doug, let's just kick it off, right? You've got a couple of things you want to say first that we were talking about. Yeah, I do. So the concept of parental controls, I want to help everyone kind of have a little bit of a paradigm shift. Um, in fact, well, I probably, I think it's you who say, you know, we don't need parental controls on things that are safe, right? Yes. <laughs> so, yes. I've said that a number of times. And, you said that, and I love that quote <laughs> that you say that. And so uh, what I say in chapter three of my book, actually, I talk about the idea of propaganda mm-hmm. and parental controls are a tech industry propaganda that are designed to get parents to think that these devices or products are kids products because yes. they have parental controls. If they have parental controls, they must be for kids, right? Yeah. But that is a strategy <laughs> used by the industry to get us as parents to buy their products. It's not because they have our kids' best interest at heart. Right. Um, right. If you want to look at some classic uh, industry propaganda, just check out TikTok's parental control page. Um, yes. It's just yeah. mind blowing when you start looking at it through that lens yes. of, of what the industry is trying to do to get you to feel good about getting your kids to use their product. That's right, and we're going to put that in the show notes too. That that TikTok. Page. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a you know people think of Nazi propaganda, right? They think of you know that's a wartime thing or whatever. It's not. It's uh, propaganda was pioneered about a hundred years ago. Um, uh, and we've talked about this before mm-hmm. the the parallels between the tobacco industry and the and yes. the um, screen industry and how man if you look at the the propaganda around the tobacco industry um it's it's mind blowing i mean we could talk about that for hours so anyway i remember the ad that i saw this my sent me like 5 years ago that had you know, the asthma doctor smoking the cigarette. Right. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, this will cure your asthma. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yes. We propaganda ha- is very heavily driven back then, you know, of course, by the tobacco industry. And it is very fascinating how you're bringing this up as the first topic, because the very fact that you need parental controls, first of all, should get everybody to stop a minute and think. You know, um, I, I remember, and I did on a recent podcast about when my daughter, uh, her friends' moms were telling me that their daughters were on um, medication because they were on social media, and mm-hmm. they said, "You know, when you get um, Melissa a phone, you're, you're, here's the name of our doctor because she's probably going to need medication." And I thought, why would you give your kids something that you that they're going to need medication because they get so anxious and depressed? Well, it's the same thing with this. Why are we giving our kids devices that have to have parental controls? Like right. that, like, does that make sense? Like it's all, we're already admitting. I think we just need to have you and me and all the screen strong people just say, let's step back and take a look. So I love that you brought that up. Um, I think parents 
are the best parental controls, but we'll mm-hmm. just say that here right up front. <laughs> so absolutely. Yeah. And you know, you, we know at some level, but when we're, we're living through an age where this is normal. Yeah. And it's new to us. And so yes. we think, oh, they know something. And the other thing I remember Doug thinking so clearly with the gaming problems that we had was I really, really felt like the gaming companies had my child's best interest at heart. Why did I think that? But I did. I remember so clearly thinking that they, whoever they were, the they committee would never put anything out and call it a game that was going to hurt my kid. So it never even crossed my mind. And I think that's where a lot of parents are now. So so what is the next thing? Okay, you 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 said that parental controls are tech industry, you know, that it's designed to get us to think that certain devices are okay. Right, exactly. Yeah, it normalizes things that we wouldn't ordinarily normalize. So yeah, propaganda. The second thing I wanted to say is that parental controls and especially filters outsource our standards to that platform. So for example, mm-hmm. when you see that... Um, YouTube has a certain, you know, a filter for content that they feel is okay for kids. Well, that's their standard. Maybe it's not yours. TikTok says their mission is to inspire creativity and bring joy. But mm-hmm. we know um, there's so many studies and articles that are talking about the the dark rabbit holes that people go into in TikTok within about 90 seconds or 90 minutes at least. That's correct. Um, you know, yeah. Where if you go, yeah. if you even incline that you're a little bit sad, you're going to be going into lands of self harm and and right. so kinds of awful things. That's so, right. Um, but so their filters are probably not in line with most parents' values. And so we don't want to mm-hmm. outsource that. But we're trusting. We're trusting. I think we're kind of trusting by nature too, but we're trusting that they do have our best interests and they don't. And it's not that they're all evil. It's just that their interest is very different. Okay. Their interest is all about advertising and monetization. And mm-hmm. it, and that's, oh, Okay, I guess. I mean, I don't know. They can have their thing. We just don't have to participate. So anyway, thank you. That's That's very important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And so then the last thing is that uh, parental controls can be overcome, which is like the whole rest of the subject we wanted to talk about today. Parental controls are not fail safe. Um, they, They, as much as they try, uh, determined kids can find their ways around them. And so there's lots of these to talk about. Oh, I know. And I think we want so badly as parents to find the magic answer, right? I Mm -hmm. I mean, people all the time, I know you do workshops, I do workshops and they're like, okay, what is the one thing that I can, you know, do? Well, really the best parental control is to just not give your kid the devices right now. That's That's right. That's parental control. You may not want to hear it, but but we're going to tell you we're going to um, actually go through, because it's super important that you understand what we're going to talk about today. This is so important. I feel like um, the more education that we can do on this, the better. I feel like once parents understand the why, and we're not trying to be negative and be fear mongering or anything like that. We're just telling you the truth of the why, you know, behind why these things don't work. But it's not that they're all bad because, Doug, you know, most things in life are not all bad, right? It's like, yeah, so it's, but it's super important to go the extra little step and understand. So we know certain things that we say, no internet devices in the bedroom or in privacy, and then homework should be done on shared devices and public spaces under, you know, co-viewing under supervision. And then we say to 
you know, skip social media and toxic video games until after adolescence. We say all that, but it still doesn't mean that you don't need some layers of filtering in your home um, because we have common computers and we have our phones. And Mm -hmm. and my kids, when they were little, they would grab my phone, right? And so every device really needs to be taken into consideration when we're talking about parental control. So I don't even know if I'd like the word parental control. Like, what do we, what do we say? There's, there's, I know there's the different layers that we're going to talk about here in a second, but, but we're, we'll just talk about our verbiage here. Let me first start with saying there's a couple general things that I want to point to. And then Doug is going to actually go into the categories of different hacks that we felt the best way to present them would be kind of in a category for you. So in general, I'm just going to give you a few things that I feel like are important to understand in general, and Doug is going to unpack some of the more detailed items. So the first thing I want to say is that kids grow every few months. You feel like you're buying them new tennis shoes, right? Because their feet are growing. Well, so is their brain and so is their developmental stages. And so just when you think you have something locked down, All you need to do is wait a few minutes or a few months and they're going to figure out how to get around it. So it's really a shame, but this is just the the hard truth. Um, What you have right now that may be working, because a lot of people will say, oh, they'll raise their hand in my classes and they'll say, oh, I have this and that works. I have this and that works. And then I will say, give it a few more months because it may not be working then. So don't get too relaxed with what you're using right now, because what works when your kids are six years old is not going to work in two years when they're eight or when they join a team at school and everybody tells them like my kids learned in third grade, how to um, go through, how to get through the parental controls on our home computer by a little kid on their baseball team. He was giving them literally like all this DOS line of code or whatever. I wrote all this stuff down that this kid said, (laughs) I came home and I did it and it worked. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And this is just another story, but um, they're going to learn. And it's kind of their job to learn, um, you know, how to get around all this stuff. The second thing that I wanted to bring up, Doug, is that I think this is pretty well established across the board that Apple products are much harder to lock down. They don't play well with parental control apps. Um, They don't play play well with others. You know, Apple doesn't want, um, you know, it's very difficult to actually even, even get some of the most popular parental controls installed and, and all the big companies, the big parental control companies out there. And I'm sure, you know, even Covenant Eyes too, you know, there's, there's a whole different world there when you're dealing with an Apple product. It is a whole different world, Melanie. Yeah. It's, um, Apple has a much more privacy focused mentality, but their, but their priority, their privacy focus, their philosophy is very much a one size fits all. Um, it's, it's what Apple wants. It's Apple's way. And, um, so they, they, you get Apple's options and then they, they don't allow really other, other apps to add or augment or do much at all. That's it's right. very, very difficult. So yeah, as I'm, I'm on the Android team on at Covenant Eyes. So I, I know that our, our, you know, as, as with everybody in this space, the Android products can do much, much more because Google does give us permission to do some device-wide things right. uh, where Apple really doesn't. And so it's a it's a challenge for sure. So, so one tip uh, right away is if you're going to allow your child to have a phone device, is it really should not be an iPhone. And I know that's a very bold statement because I know that a lot of parents give their kids hand-me-down devices. You know, they get done with their iPhone. They give it to I'm telling you, 
over and over and over again, um, this is one of the biggest problems that we have. And I've been to the Apple Genius Bar a number of times. We, we don't have Apple products anymore. But uh, when I would go and talk to them, they would all just shake their heads. I'm not kidding. Every single Apple person that I would talk to, they would just shake their heads and they would say, you know, we don't know why parents give their kids these devices because right. they keep coming in here and they want they have parental controls on them. So they're safe, right? Yeah. Oh <laughs> no. And it, it's just crazy. And what you were saying a minute ago, I wanted to say about, even about YouTube, you know, you're exactly right. I just have to say, take an intermission and say that um, when YouTube kids, you, YouTube kids came out or whatever, you know, mm, what you were yes. saying about what yes. their version of safe versus what my, ver- uh-uh. it was Mm-mm. completely, I could not believe it. And so we're not trying again to say everybody's, you know, bad, but what we're trying to do is say, you've got to get on your guard. You've got to sharpen up and, um, and what you don't know, probably your kids shouldn't have because you have to know it well. So this is where we might lose some people because, you know, you think, for an average, you know, mom out there, even a dad who's not familiar with all this stuff, they just get glazed over, right? So mm-hmm. there's all these layers that you've got to understand about parental controls. You can't just put one little thing on. You've got to have all the different layers, the in-app parental controls, the um, the parental control that's actually going to be on the device, you know, things like screen time or what is it for Android? The um, the family link. Yeah, the family mm-hmm. link. That's, yeah. that's right. Mm-hmm. So you have to have that. You have to know that with, you know, Android does play nicely with these things and Apple doesn't. So, in you know, you're going to have to both have an Apple device. If your child has an Apple device, you're going to have to have one. You know, um, that's why we just kind of switch over to Android in our house. It was so much easier um, to manage. The, the Wi-Fi network at your house, you've got to understand how that works with your smart TVs and the gaming systems, the switch, you have to, you know, be able to protect the whole house with the wireless router. Um, and then there's the off network stuff to protect them when they're away from your house. <laughs> so, right. Oh my goodness. Anything else you want to say about those two things? Just again, overall, like you said, parents might sometimes be glazing over. We get overwhelmed. We are, we're busy, mm-hmm. and uh, but our kids are not. And so I think mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. even though if you feel overwhelmed by this, your child is motivated to figure this out. Again, like right. not because they're bad, just because they're kids. Mm-hmm. I would totally do the same thing. My kids did the same thing, tested all the boundaries, and mm-hmm. that's what they do. They have time for it. They have motivation for it. And if you don't, your, your child is going to overwhelm the very, even the very little uh, right. that you choose to do. And so this, right. this multi-layered approach that you're sharing here, Melanie, is really important because one, one thing isn't going to do it. One thing is they're going to get through. If they, it's, you know, think about it as you know, multiple lines of defense. If you have just single line of defense, then they're in. Uh, but if you have like six or seven, it's a lot, it's a lot um, harder to break through those defenses so, so yeah, it's very important to learn this. And then the other general thing that I want to say, um, two more things, is that your conversations are very, very necessary with your children. They, they are not a line of defense, though. And I think a lot of parents mm, yeah. think they are. And this is really big over at Screen Strong. We believe that conversations are necessary. Um, we also believe that you let them know exactly what you're doing, that you're putting these certain parental controls on, and these are the filters and the different layers of the things. But we also know that um, conversations, you cannot trust that as a layer of protection. Conversations are are just sort of a necessary thing, but they don't work as far as really protecting your kids. 
then, you know, we got to remember another general thing that I wrote down was that our smart TVs are the internet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so right. Can't forget that. Right. And yeah, then it's surprising um, how many places there are browsers that you don't really realize that yes. uh, all these different apps. And we'll, we can talk about that later too, but just, uh, yeah, your smart TV uh, is an unfiltered internet access portal. So, yeah. Yeah, and when you've and got that remote <laughs> and you are typing in that password, I'm telling you, um, you know, they'll, they know what, they know what your password is. I'm sorry. I'm just telling you right now. They know what your password. Kids are so smart at watching mm-hmm. you do that. They're watching the movement of your thumb over the keys. <laughs> like they know. <laughs> right. They. It's like I don't know. It's like their job, like you said, and it's just like they they love to figure it out. And um, so honestly, on the smart TV, if you have certain things under you know a passcode, that that passcode needs to change all the time. And then Doug, you know what the problem is? Is that we forget the passcodes. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> Then you ask your child, hey, what was the passcode hey, what again was that, the pass- <laughs> that I'm trying to hide from you? <laughs> oh, my goodness. And then the uh, one more final little general thing. I already said there was the last one, but I just thought of another one is that um, uh, I, I get my statistics from Pornhub when I talk about this because Pornhub actually is very proud of their statistics. And you can actually Google the uh, Pornhub year in review. And I went back and Googled the 22 year in review and the traffic for Pornhub, you can see all the devices and um, the phone is 86% of all their content is seen on a phone, Mm -hmm. Doug, 86%. That's right. So we know that just that because the smaller the screens, you know, the the more um, trouble that kids get into. So I think that's fascinating that you do need to lock down your tablets and your desktops and your whatever laptops and all that, but you got to really pay attention to that phone, not only their phone, but your phone. Yes. Because you put that phone down for a minute and, oh, mom, let me get the map for whatever. And off they go. So I am going to give the general categories of parental controls because this is easy for me. And then you're going to do the hard thing and you're going to talk about the different categories for the hacks. So in general, the category for parental controls, there are three categories and correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, one, the first category that parents most, they, they can, they can understand this pretty well are the time limits. So there are certain things we know in science about the amount of time that kids are spending on devices. And it's really clear that we need to limit their time. The way it's screen strong that we suggest you do that is you just flat take the device away after they do their homework, you take it away. Um, mm-hmm. I don't depend on, you know, all these programs to manage time because I've been alive too long and I know I've had four teenagers and I know what can happen. So that's the first category is time limits. The second category is management of the content itself. And, and that just means that you get notified when they stumble on certain things. So it's the management of the actual stuff they're seeing. And then the third uh, categories of parental controls in, includes um, filtering. And filtering is really important. And that has become very important, you know, to me in my line of work over the last few years. And especially as my boys have, um, you know, graduated and gone you know, high school, they're in college, we pay a lot more attention to filters now. So, mm-hmm. um, so you have different things, maybe when they're little, you're really controlling more of the time limits. Um, but all these things are super important. So explain how the category, so we've got over 20 things, but um, explain how you divided these categories up, because I think it's important. 
Yeah, sure. So we're um, our, what we're going to talk about here are some popular ways to hack around these categories of parental controls. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of overwhelming when you look at a list of 20 or 30 things. So I broke them down into four different kind of groupings. Mm -hmm. um, and here they are. So one of them are, are groupings around specific hacks of the browser itself or hacks of certain apps to get around either time limits management or filtering. Right. And there's a whole class of there's a whole class of hacks around the network. Mm -hmm. So we've already talked about a few of those, but uh, attacking the network um, one way or another. Then there's a whole bunch of alternate or unexpected app behaviors where you might not expect to have to have protection. Right. Um, and so I call that alternate or unexpected apps. And then there's general security or device hacks that are kind of underneath the, the apps, like attacking the operating system or uh, the actual device security or in various ways. Okay. Well, let's start with the first one, the hacks around just the browser, um, you know, or, you know, the apps. So I remember, I and mean, we'll go through these pretty quickly, but I do remember one of the first moms in one of my first workshops and she came and she said, I can't believe what my daughter's doing, but she's figured out how to delete part of her history because her mom, she was at the point where they didn't have a lot of parental controls on the thing but, or filters, but she would just go look at her daughter's history every day. And then she discovered that her daughter was being really sneaky and she was just deleting the places where she went, not the whole history. Right. right. I think that's what I mean when, when I say kids graduate every few months to hack school. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> and so they right. start off, oh, they delete their whole history. And then you have a rule in your little smartphone contract, which by the way, that doesn't work. And that's a whole nother thing for mm -hmm. another day. But you have a little rule that says no deleting of the history. And then you find out they're, they're deleting spot uh, sites on the history. They're not deleting the whole history. So um, in browsing in a new incognito window, I don't know if y'all know this on your phone, you can click on the top little lines at the top right of your phone. At least that's where they are on my phone. And you can get to an incognito window. Mm -hmm. And that just takes you right off. Does that take you into like a VPN? Is that what that is? No, it doesn't no. take you into VPN. But what it does is it gives you an entirely new history. New history. Uh, and so it doesn't, and it doesn't go in line with the normal history. It gives you um, new cookies. So all of your identifiers mm -hmm. about who you are when you access websites are 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 uh, start over fresh. Wow. So if you have anything about tracking, any tracking that's like in the browser window itself, incognito mode will, will get rid of that. Right. And then if you have anything that's trying to watch what's going on in the window, a lot of those can't see inside an incognito window. Right. When that's, so it ends up becoming black or blank. So that can be, that can be a problem for apps that try to look at what's actually on the screen. Right. So go through the couple here that you have in this category, the next few. Yeah. So there's all kinds of ways that people are trying to get around the time limits. And so deleting and reinstalling the app mm -hmm. um, is one of those ways. I get. I understand that that's, um, that may be just an iOS thing. It maybe works on both. Um, I have, cause I haven't, th some of these I'm learning too, and I haven't tried them all, but, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, if you have an app where you like, you've reached the time limit, uh, say they're using Instagram or TikTok or whatever, um, if, and they've reached the end of that time limit, they could just delete the app. And mm -hmm. then there's a whole bunch of things that actually get deleted when you delete the app. But they don't care. But they don't care. Right. They'll, they'll just start over and sign in. Uh, they might even start a new account because they don't care. They'll just re-up and connect to whoever they want to connect with, just whatever they have to do to overcome that time, that time limit. So then there's this 
idea of a YouTube rabbit hole. So again, um, if something is triggering YouTube, like after a certain number of videos or a certain number of, of uh, minutes are playing, well, there, there is a way to set up a playlist so that just as if, just as towards the end of that limit, if the playlist is still playing, it will often let it just continue. Mm. And so they could they can craft this special playlist that could be a much longer than your time limit. And that can be a real, that can be a real problem. And that can be a problem both in the YouTube app, which you may or may not allow, but then don't forget that YouTube is, works just fine in a browser. And by the way, if you even block your browser, don't forget that some apps have browsers built in and they can look at that from there too. So there's all kinds of angles to get to YouTube. Right. And then um, the next thing you have under here is to log in with a different or a guest account. So this is fascinating. I wonder how many accounts kids really have. Oh, it's so huge that they have these ideas of, you know, you have your Instagram account, but then you have your Finstagram account and then mm. you have your Instagram account, right? <laughs> like all these different accounts. You have accounts you show your parents and then the accounts you don't show your parents. Right. And, and so, yeah, there's all kinds of ways that they do that. And that can work on your um, Apple account, uh, your Gmail account, your gaming console account. Um, so many different ways to get around that. Uh, and then of course, there's the aspect of lying about your age when you mm -hmm. sign into these, because for whatever reason, well, we know what the reason is, but there's the magic age of 13 that uh, yeah. because of the ways that the lobbying groups negotiated with the government, uh, not because mm -hmm. again, for the good of our kids, but because of the good of the industry that you pretend, even if you're not over 13, you pretend like you're 13, then you get certain extra features, um, mm. which include, which on Google, which is surprising, Google will actually let you turn off parental supervision if you're 13. Oh, wow. Uh, which is a very Google-esque thing to do. Google is definitely very much into power to the user. Um, right. So uh, yeah, that, again, that's, that's, a, that's a troubling thing as a parent. Yeah, I didn't even realize that. Mm -hmm. um, so what are some of the next category, the network hacks? Yeah. So there's a bunch of things that when you think about the network, now this is your Wi-Fi, this is your, um, this is configuration around the Wi-Fi. Like you were talking about, like it may look like a bunch of DOS commands. It may look mm -hmm. like, you know, terminal commands or whatever, uh, not DOS anymore today, of course. Right. But, uh, right. but anyway, there's, so there's all kinds of ways. So, um, you might have a Wi-Fi network and you have your password on there and you might have, um, certain things on your Wi-Fi network that, that that are really good to have, like filters, uh, different things on that, but they can bypass or hack your Wi-Fi network. And mm. they can do that by guessing the password. They can do that by, um, they can actually bypass the Wi-Fi network altogether by getting any other source of Wi-Fi, which could include your own phone's hotspot. That's right. Um, it, oftentimes people have a hotspot on their phone and they haven't put a password on that. So we were late adopters. We were mostly screen strong before screen strong as if our kids are a little older, but um, yeah. I, I made a lot of mistakes too. And one of the mistakes I made is I gave one of our daughters a old um, iPod touch mm. because, and it didn't have data, but it had Wi-Fi, oh, um, yeah. so, but it, it couldn't get on our Wi-Fi network. So I was fine with that. But come to find out, I learned that she was walking around the neighborhood trying to, and found unsecured Wi-Fi uh, wi networks of our neighbors sure. um, to do what she wanted to do. And so then being Absolutely. the techie dad that I am, I just clipped the Wi-Fi antenna out of that iPhone. Or oh out of my. IPod, <laughs> it now does not have Wi-Fi. Now it's a great music player, then that's all it'll do. So yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah, it's a battle. Well, and that's what Adam did when he he figured out our password. Like We thought we had that partly figured out. But then he also said that... Um, 
you like you said, neighbors, you know, you can get on a neighbor's Wi-Fi or um, I think the hotspot on a parent's phone or on anybody's phone. I think this is what happens in schools too. This is mm-hmm. how they get out a lot is they just get out on hotspots and bypass all the firewalls or whatever in the schools. They do. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you can lock down your Wi-Fi and do all kinds of great stuff, but if they get around it, then that's all out the window, unfortunately. And one big way they get around it is through a VPN. And yes. that is a virtual private network. And I remember sitting in our school probably five years ago, talking to the tech person there, and they were explaining this to me. And I was just kind of blown away. This was many years ago. Um, but he said, yeah, every morning we um, we come in and we see who all's been where, and I have to go and you know chase the kids off the VPN. I don't know how they even do it anymore, because I think there's so many VPNs. But Explain quickly what that is for a parent that doesn't understand that. Yeah. So VPNs are are very powerful technology, very broad category of security. They were designed really to allow work at home so that um, you can, you have basically on the, the things that you wouldn't want to share on the public internet, but you create essentially a tunnel of communication that runs on the public internet that's encrypted and protected point to point uh, between where you are and where you're communicating. And so it has a lot of features and things like it can anonymize what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, if you have a network where they, you are watching the, where, where they have the technology of watching the uh, traffic over that uh, internet connection, or even on the device itself with a VPN, all of that can go away. Now, a lot of filters actually use a VPN. Right. And and that's a good thing. I mean, it's a good use of a VPN is to f- have a filter that's that's strong, but then the VPN has to stay running. Uh, they they you know that they can't uh, has to be set up to kind of avoid being trounced by some other VPN. Right. So uh, so there's a right. VPN arms race there, and and I face that even at Covenant Eyes yeah. all the time. Yeah. So yeah, VPNs are a really powerful way to make it look like you're maybe just using this device on the normal network, but anything you were expecting to be able to sniff out is essentially invisible. And this is what my son did a lot too. And he told he told us later, he said, yeah, you never knew what I was doing because I was on a VPN. And so for parents out there, if you're new to this game, it basically is a way for your kids to almost go use Google like at another place, right? right. That's kind of how I explain it. So you don't even see what all their activity is because it's happening on another lily pad somewhere away yeah, from. Yeah. It's virtually invisible. It's a cloak of, of invisibility or something. On yeah, the yeah. Yeah. And there's so many new VPNs that, that come up all the time. And so like at the school, they said, yeah, we could, we knew the most popular ones, but then there's new ones all the time. That's so, right. So tell us how to, how to hack the router. So how does this happen? Yeah. So, uh, as you, as you mentioned, yeah. um, you, you <laughs> can attack the password. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned a dictionary attack. So a dictionary attack is is a is a way of uh, essentially writing a script that uses the dictionary, literally words out of the dictionary, <laughs> to throw passwords at the target until uh, they guess the one that works. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and again, all of these things are so easy to Google. Um, help me hack my router. My mom's locked me out of my router. You know, just you can imagine everything that somebody's gonna look for and they're going to do that. So um, there's all kinds of, depending on the router, you can set up different Wi-Fi networks on the router. So they, if they hack the router, they could even set up another um, endpoint and it might even give it a name that doesn't even sound like, you know, sounds like the neighbor. You right. know, this is the Jones network, not the Smith network, wow. you know, and then they get on that. And then that has the totally different configuration. 
so yeah, there's there's all kinds of different ways. And if they get if they totally get kind of angry about the whole thing, like you were talking about, so if they have access to the Wi physical access to the Wi Fi router, yeah, um, that can be a problem. Yeah, and then I I remember talking to a parent that had their child just they they had a, a router, but their child just got another router. Sure. So how yeah. simple is that? I mean, well, right, and that, and that, I mean that's a they could get another device. I mean, really, it's a hard, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's true. so hard, right? I mean, because they could just go yeah. and it's so there's so many things, but yes, they could totally do that. Get yeah. another router and hook it up to your network, and you wouldn't they, they, if they use names or so on that they that you don't recognize. It can be using your network without even knowing, without you mm-hmm. knowing it. Mm-hmm. Or like you said, I think a minute ago, pressing the reset button. Yep to just restore everything back to the factory settings. Um, right. And I think sometimes there's a default password that parents don't even change. They just, it, there's oh, a password, you know, that comes with a router and the kids can figure that out too. And again, you listening right now may not think that your child would ever fathom of any of this stuff, but I'm telling you that it, it's, they're not bad kids. This is just like a puzzle. This mm-hmm. is really fun to figure out. <laughs> And um, just like a Rubik's cube, right? I've gone are the days where I want to even know how to do a Rubik's cube, but you know, <laughs> my kids love doing Rubik's cubes, and they love figuring it out. So those are just, you know, a couple of the the networks. Um, I mean, the network hacks. There's one more. What the? Well, there's a couple. Hmm, there's a couple more here. Let's finish this list. On the Wi-Fi, on the mm-hmm. on the router, hacking of the router, or or just hacking of the network. Oh, hacking the network. Yes, yes, yes. So yeah. So the, the DNS, the uh-huh. domain name service is a, um, the, so that's the, basically the address book or the directory the, um, that links the names to the underlying internet protocol or IP address. Mm-hmm. And so there's lots of different ways. A, a lot of filters work on, on setting the DNS server to a certain one. So there's services like, um, OpenDNS and even Cloudflare has has one. There's lots of different services that have, there's free um, and then paid for services that operate. Then the way they operate is, and like, say you were trying to go to pornhub.com, um, what they would do is instead of giving you the address to pornhub.com, they give you, they block that and they don't return that result. They return you to a block page or something like that. Right. So that's a positive thing. But then mm-hmm. once the kid figures that out, then they learn how to configure DNS and change it to something else mm. so that they get around your DNS configuration. And so that you're, you might configure your router with right. this on there. I did that. And you should. I think, mm-hmm. you, you know, don't, don't be discouraged. Like you definitely should still do these things. Right. You just have to understand that if you have, especially if you have someone in your house, who's kind of extra motivated, right. <laughs> um, extra kind of, they, and they're maybe going through a time. Uh, I think in my, as I'm looking at this, this just pushes more towards the screen strong model. Like if a kid mm-hmm. has unrestricted access to an internet connected device in their bedroom, right. then they've got all night long to try this. And That's so if right. they don't have access, they're not doing this. Right. And so access really gives them the opportunity. And so yeah. they shouldn't even learn. I mean, you know, most kids aren't going to want to learn what DNS is. But, and mm. if they do, all, but the only reason they're going to want to is if they think they can hack around it. That's right. So so they can set different network settings. They can set different um, configurations. And so, um, yeah, you want to make sure, I mean, if you need to go through your devices again and make sure they're on the DHCP which mm-hmm. means that they're getting the network configuration from your router and not from mm-hmm. somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to watch that and see that that's, that's happening. 
I'm exhausted already. I know. Listening to all this. <laughs> There's so much. There's so many things. Okay. So talk about a proxy um, site. And I mean, I know it, proxy servers serve like as a middleman, right? Between the mm-hmm. user and the web, but explain how this works for a kid that's trying to hack something. Yeah. So a lot of times your filtering or your protection depends on being able to identify your browser mm-hmm. as the source. And so um, what a proxy will do, it's a little bit like a VPN, but it's technically different. Um, it just makes you look like you're something else or it makes you go through a different place. So right. say you're browsing or if your browser is going through your router and your protection is mostly on your router, they can configure the browser to have this proxy site and it'll actually kind of bounce through this mm. alternate site. And then that alternate site will make the request on their behalf and send you the result. So it's kind of a almost like a telephone game, the old mm. tel- you know, or, or being able to say, Hey, I can't see this. Can you see it? And then <laughs> that, and then return the result to you through the, through this anonymous mm-hmm. um, or anonymizing technology. So this is a relatively simple thing to do, unfortunately. And there's a lot of places that are happy to, happy to provide this free proxy. Um, unfortunately, the problem with a lot of proxies, they're happy to provide these free proxies because there's all kinds of problems with them. There's, there's a malware and spyware mm. and advertising and, and tracking. And they're, so oh, they're happy to let your child to do the browse free through your proxy because they get to see all their traffic and then have their wow. alternate results come back. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and no, no child can even fathom what's happening when they do that. And I know that there are a lot of parental controls that restrict the ones that are um, well-known, the proxy sites that are well-known, but there are so many out there. Oh my, yes. And yeah, there are. And it's just a constant battle. You have to be watching those, watching for that. There are there are ways to look at um, preventing that. I think there are secure browsers. Um, I'm mm-hmm. trying to think there's one, and I'm not going to say it right now, because, uh, but I can, but if someone wants to learn that mm-hmm. and asks a question, we can dig into that a little bit more and see if we can find a browser that doesn't even have the proxy Gosh. feature. Uh, the challenge though, is that there's all these things that we're learning about or they're sharing, there's legitimate uses for them, right? Sure. So there, there's like legitimate needs if you're at a university and mm-hmm. um, you're something, you know, something is set up to where, or if you're in another country and uh, you, mm-hmm. you can't get to something you really need to get to because you're overseas, proxy can help with that. So mm-hmm. not like all these features are bad, it's just that they can be used for things that we don't want our kids to be getting into. So what's the MAC address? Explain that. Does this make Yeah. So the MAC address is a is the um is the physical, it's an identifier of the physical hardware around your network on a specific device. So the okay. the, the reason for a MAC address is to uniquely identify your specific device. Okay. So it's uh it's it should be unique, it should be um uh, very special. So it's used because it is unique and special. It's used to identify the device to filtering or to other monitoring technologies. Um, but the problem is it can be changed, uh-huh. right? It shouldn't, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be really easy to change. Well, so on a, on an Android device, it's really hard to change. You'd have to w- do what's called routing the device, which mm-hmm. basically is a very dangerous wipeout of the device. And if oh. a kid learns to root the device, oh, they're, they're off the reservation there. And, okay. um, <laughs> pretty much have to re- yeah. reformat the device and start over again. Right. So if they're willing to go through that. Um, but on other, like on desktop machines, yeah, there are a set of scripts that can be run to then change the MAC address. And then if you have protection that's tied to the MAC address, it won't work anymore. 
So it won't mm. even look like it's your device anymore. Mm. And uh, again, that can just allow the device to go around whatever protections are bound to that ID. What about airplane mode? So airplane mode is kind of, you, you think about this as a network hack um, because they're going off the network. But the things that kind of happen when you go off in airplane mode, first of all, if there are time restrictions that are tied to the cloud, like iCloud, I think part of that is tied to um, that, or there's different different management software that if you just go offline for a little while, it'll mm-hmm. give them a little extra time so they can download what they want maybe. And then they just go offline and they can keep doing it. And then uh-huh. whatever from the cloud that would like shut down what they're doing wouldn't work. The other thing that can happen with airplane mode is turning it off and on is kind of like flipping the light switch or or like just like turning the computer off and on. It restarts the network and uh-huh. there can be really strange behaviors um, just from a low level networking side, they can, kids can figure out, oh, wait, if I go into airplane mode, turn it off and on real quick, I can do something before the filter engages. Yeah. And, uh, that can be a real, uh, problem again, that unrestricted access to a device will uh, give them the ability uh, to figure out, unfortunately. And then, um, the final thing in this category is just playing in offline mode. So there are a lot of games and different things out there that they can still do even when they're offline. That's right. Yeah. It's very similar. Um, yeah, but all those, all the games that allow you to download and they can't obviously do the multiplayer and chat Mm -hmm. and so on, but they're playing the game and they're just getting more involved in that world. Mm -hmm. And so, um, definitely, um, you want to just keep aware of that and not be dependent on your parental control, uh, by having the device on the network and the kids will certainly figure that out. Okay, so let's go to the third category, and that is uh, alternate or unexpected apps. I thought this one was really interesting <laughs> because yeah, yeah, gosh, there's so uh, many. These have been things. around forever. I mean, I mean, isn't this where I don't know? Is this where kind of the concept of like um, even like the calculator app that looks like the calculator that's not really yes. the calculator? Isn't that where this fits in and stuff like that? Yeah, so, there's actually apps called Fake Calculator, and oh my goodness, there's so many different things that that's. Uh, you know, as a parent that just, you know, gets me mm-hmm. really angry that there's companies and and looking at even the the standards of Google and Apple that they would allow these apps. Like what is legitimate? Purpose, like right? what are they doing? Yeah. yeah and like photo like math cal- and the different cheating apps and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. But, you, but if you're not familiar, um, the app has an icon that looks like a calculator. And if you tap it, it comes up and looks like a calculator. Mm-hmm. But if you enter the right code, and oh, tap the right yeah. button, all of a sudden you have access to this underlying um, set of a suite of apps. There's a browser in there. Right. There's its own little um, secret file system where they can take pictures and save and their so photos on. that you can't see. Yeah. Um, th- on and on and on. There's videos. There's so much. And it's um, it's, it's really- like a private little vault that they can keep. Exactly. And parents can't tell- what it is. Right. Because it leverages the security on the device that doesn't let you hack into different apps. Like you, it's good that you shouldn't be able to get in from one app to another, but then if your app is locked down and it's hiding, you know, if your kid is getting into bad stuff and taking, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. pornographic selfies or whatever, as some kids get into it, they they can, you wouldn't know it if you look at their filters or you look at their photos, but their little fake calculator app or whatever can have it. Yeah. Yeah. That's tragic. And then I thought it was crazy, this next one about the, just the voice command, right. Of telling Siri to do something that that could, that could actually go past a parental control. How does, how does that work? Because I guess it just, Siri just accesses 
or, you know, or the Google assistant, whatever, just accesses what the child is saying. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the, the, the thing that sometimes some protections work based on launching the app in the normal way. Right. So like tapping on your menu. Um, but if you have an alternate menu or an alternate um, access point to get into the app, like asking Siri to launch something, yeah. some, yeah, if depending on what you're using for your control, it can actually get around that. So you do have to test that and understand that that's mm -hmm. a thing. And so the unexpected um, app here, even with the notifications, I thought this was interesting that you can reply straight from the notification itself and using the actual notification to respond within the notification. Right. <laughs> so, Right. So that like if you're blocking crazy. access to the messaging app, right, or you're preventing them from using iMessage or whatever at the time because uh, you have a parental control on that, well, if their friend texts, texts them, mm. they can actually interact right there in the notification itself, which is we're talking about not in the app, but in the thing right. that pops up. The thing that and you have up. all these features within there. So, Oh, yeah. Who would think of this? I never would. Right. Think of that. And then along with that, where you go to share something, right? Mm -hmm. Just that share function. Explain how that works. Yeah. So when you want to share, so say you create it, you um, take a photo and you want to share it. Well, that there's a menu of options where you can share that app and or share that photo or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And if you look in there, there are all kinds of different apps in there, but there's also all kinds of other um ways to look up other apps. So if you're, so there might be five or six different apps that show up there, but then there's right. like tap for more. And oh. there's a way to navigate. Again, if you're a motivated kiddo, you could um, use different apps underneath that, maybe put it into the notes app and then bounce from there to something else. Yeah. Or um, just, so, so this is a way to get around not only time restrictions, but also restricted apps. Um, so again, you, you want to, look at that because they may, maybe they've even installed an app that you didn't know about and you think you've prevented them from sharing photos through like the normal means, but this new app has kind of intercepted the share mm. function mm. and they can share through that and hop, skip and jump over yeah. to sharing it where they want. Wow. Crazy. And y'all know what we're talking about is when you click, if you want to share something, that little icon that looks, what does that look like? It's a little thing that looks like share. And, yeah. and right when you click on it, you get options that pop up. That's what we're talking about. And that may be sidestepping, um, you know, what you have the parental control set for. That's right. So saving links inside a notes app. I thought this was really interesting because I remember talking to a mom one time whose son had, uh, I think he was in ninth grade or something. And he was super um, dependent on pornography and it was really sad and she had tried everything and she did all the counselors and all the lockdowns and everything on the phone and whatnot. And I think she had taken his phone away, but what we discovered within about 30 seconds, cause I had her check this and the minute she checked it, she found it, but it was um, actually a link um, inside of Google docs. So, you know, it, when that happens, even if you have parental control, I mean, it just seemed like once, like she had everything blocked out, locked at the router level, all these different things, but that's where we found the, the hole in the bucket, right? It was, he was going to Google docs and his friends were just putting stuff up there. That's right. Yeah. Because we use Google docs for school because Chromebooks and yeah. oh, Lord have mercy. But, um, the, but yeah, all those Google apps that you want to give them access to, to do their homework, 
um, right. are essentially wide open chat platforms right. uh, that can be used for anything you can do in a multiplayer in, in a messaging app is essentially, you know, a Google Doc becomes this multiplayer messaging app. Yeah. And uh, that, it's almost that, like a proxy server or something. It is. Right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, like an allowed open app yes. that has l- no filtering, like they're doing their homework. They're doing well, their homework. Unless they're chatting with their friends because you can chat in a Google Doc, right? Because you're yeah. collaborating on the document. Again, a legitimate feature. But then yeah. your friend starts posting pornography into the document. Sure. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it's or you really, keep it in your little library of what you want. And it doesn't even matter that your phone's locked down because you've got access to the Google docs. So that's right. It's so yeah. frustrating. It's just incredibly frustrating for parents. And this is why access is the problem. You, I, I hope that everybody is not getting discouraged. I hope that you're, you're getting encouraged to know that, you know what, these things are all necessary and we do need to put certain layers, like we put a seatbelt on when we get in the car, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that we send our 10 year old driving on the interstate in the middle of the night. He's probably going to get in a wreck, right? So there's just only a certain level that that seatbelt is going to protect. Um, let's finish up with these, uh, the, just the security hacks, the device itself. Right. Yeah. So this is just kind of a broad category of the things around security. So mm-hmm. the first thing is if you under if you, uh, if your device is being updated, so a new operating system or upgraded operating system or a patch or something is applied, sometimes that will actually break or remove the parental control settings. I've found also that you know going from a major upgrade of the operating system, often the parental controls are kind of low on the list of bug fixes because yeah. again, going back to the very beginning, like oh, yes. these aren't necessarily for your that's for your kids' benefit; it's for their benefit, but it's yeah. like. Oh yeah, we had all these new features, but oops, we broke this one little detail in parental controls. And so then 17.1, it has to come out before it's working. So, right. um, so yeah, you just have to really understand that once your phone is upgraded, which can happen in the middle of the night and you didn't even really realize it automatically. Um, or if you're, if you know, if your child has their, has their device and their, and their uh, operating system upgraded, you might not realize either that the entire controls have stopped working or just aspects of them. Yeah. So this happens a lot. Regularly checking that. Yeah. When there's, there's um, updates and stuff, it happens a lot that the, your parental control that you think is on there and working, it may not be working. So you do have to do due diligence and check it all the time. And I never had time to do that. And I was a terrible mom at doing that. So that's why they just didn't have a smartphone. Like that was, yes. like that was yes. the easiest yes. box I could check. And then, yes. You know, stealing the device at night from a parent, this has happened a number of times that I can think of just real life stories that uh, people that come to my workshops and people, friends that I know, actually one in particular, I'm just remembering that her son, they were having a lot of problems with his phone. So they collected it, you know, after dinner and they, he wasn't allowed to have it in his room and whatnot. And um, so they found out months later, because they couldn't figure out how his usage was so high and he was spending money on his games and all this. And they couldn't figure it out. Well, they one night the mom was sick and, and she got up in the middle of the night and went down to the kitchen where all the phones were and they were all plugged in. But she realized that her son's uh, phone was plugged in or actually it might have even been her phone because they might have taken his phone completely away, whatever it was. But it, the cord was plugged into the case and the phone was missing. Oh, wow. And what he was doing is setting the alarm, getting up early and replacing it typically before they got up in the morning, but in this particular night, she'd gotten up in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. So they were pulling their hair out, you know, um, 
because she, because it first glance, it looked like it was plugged in, but the actual phone wasn't in there. And yeah. that's how they figured it all out. The other thing is just figuring out the password, right? We talked mm-hmm. about that earlier, figuring out the finger pattern, um, knowing what parents usually use and just trying numbers like birthdays and anniversaries and, and address right. <laughs> all the things that, we, you know, we're going to forget, but your, our kids are going to remember, you know, a lot of times they just watch you over your, your shoulder. They, they trust me on this. They are very observant and they know. And I think even for some of the passwords that we had for the longest time, our kids knew the passwords and, you know, they just didn't tell us. Right, <laughs> right. But they knew. I think setting up the screen record is fascinating. Um, handing oh. the parent uh, their phone to to do their password, uh, but they actually have screen record on. So that little recording is being made of you doing the password. And now they have a recording of the password, changing the time zone, you know, on the phone to allow more time. That's just got to be the oldest trick. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, or just changing the time itself, you know, yeah. you can not just the time zone, but just set the time back 15 minutes and now you have 15 more minutes. And Adam always said, booting the computer or the device up in safe mode, he said that works all the time. And I wasn't even exactly sure, but does that just bypass all the things that you have? It bypasses everything, unfortunately. So safe mode is designed to uh, help you diagnose a problem on the computer by shutting down every other app except for the very minimum mm-hmm. to get the device up and going, which means if um, you have something that's locking the device down, mm-hmm. uh, but they boot up in safe mode, they could actually remove that in safe mode and then boot the device in normal mode and use the device. Like so they can just remove the parental control if they boot it completely, up. Completely, right. Huh. Yep. That's yeah, idea. yeah. So this is a tough one. That's a tough one to <laughs> yeah. get around. There are devices that or apps that let you do that. Uh, I think you listed Boomerang as one of those, but um, but even then, it's it's it requires you to be able to install an app in a special way. Uh-huh. Um, so it kind of goes around some of the normal ways of installing an app. But again, not having the device at all is yeah, a lot, a lot it's always the than, best. That's yeah, the best. So we've got. Safest. Yeah, we've got all these hacks. It, just the last couple here, reformatting their phone. You know, some kids don't mind doing that. You know, like right. I would hate to do that because I would feel like I lost all my settings or all my things. But, you know, they'll reformat their phone in a heartbeat just so sure. they can get in and do what they want to do. And mm-hmm. then that kind of resets everything. And then this thing called glitching the system, this was just something that somebody told me about that um, they they try to swap apps or click on them really fast. It messes up kind of confuses the system. Does that make does. sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Again, it's kind of like kind of like flipping the light switch off and on. Okay. You know, if you turn your computer off and on really fast, that weird stuff happens. And yeah. this happens with an apps with apps as well because the the parental control apps or the the locking apps are always watching the device, but they're watching it as it happens too. And so they can only react as fast as they can react. And so if the, again, a really motivated kid can understand that, you know, if I just go to Chrome and back and forth and back and forth five times, right. uh, then I can overcome the blocker or, uh, or whatever else. And so, yeah, that can really be a, a challenge to overcome. Yeah. So just a few tips that we have. Um, I think you're all getting the feeling and we're really not trying to you know, just be negative Nelly over here. <laughs> but, but I think you're getting the idea that there are, first of all, the reasons that we even have parental controls, we need to stop for a minute and think about that, that if you're giving your child a device that so heavily needs a parental control, there's probably, we probably need to rethink that screen and rethink the necessity of it, especially during these sensitive times of their development 
where their brain is just working 90 miles an hour on, you know, trying to figure out, you know, ways around everything. It's almost like we're setting our kids up for, for failure on a number of different levels that we're setting them up to uh, lie. We're setting them up to cheat. We're setting them up to go behind our back to, you know, and, and I appreciate so much with the, um, with Adam's journey and everything we learned there and what he taught us. That's one of the biggest things that I appreciate that with the younger kids in our house that we never had to fight over this stuff. And I'm so thankful that that was missing um, mm-hmm. from their childhood because it was very uh, apparent in Adam's, you know, and we were very frustrated parents. Um, and I just remember those days so well. And, um, you know, it's, it's just not necessary. Now, of course it is necessary to do and put certain things on your devices, like every device in your house. We, um, have taken a, a lot of, um, uh, we have looked a lot at canopy and that's what we're using right now. And screen strong does support that. And if you use the code strong, you'll get a very nice discount on that. But canopy is a VPN, like we talked about, but it actually filters and removes, um, sexual images, um, sexual content before it even gets back to your phone. So it's not blocked on the device itself. Did I say that right? I want to yeah, get- that's really cool. Yeah. Seeing it right. And for us, that really was a layer of help. It just helped us feel better. Now, I, we still don't allow certain apps. And even now that the boys are even a little bit older, you know, sure, they can go and then get whatever they want, but they really appreciate the accountability. And that's where something like Covenant Eyes comes in. So explain how that works briefly, how Covenant Eyes works. Yeah, sure. So accountability, it's, a, it's such a beautiful thing because it fosters the, a relationship where you, um, where you have someone you bring into the, to your trusted circle and you allow them to participate in your journey of walking with integrity with your device. Mm-hmm. And so what it does, what, how it works is you, you install uh, covenant eyes on your device, and then your what we call your ally or the person who's your who's you're walking with you. You invite them to use another app that we have called Victory, and they get notified uh, if you were to go down the wrong road very mm-hmm. quickly. Mm-hmm. And uh, they can then then you can have conversations about that. And very much like we see huge success where um, just the knowledge that someone is watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, prevent, keeps you on the straight and narrow and keeps you yes. um, often will break that porn habit. Uh, we also have a VPN filter uh, that that um, prevents you from loading problematic sites and it mm-hmm. also can be configured and all that kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's uh, it's a really important thing because everybody at the end of the day, we're all accountable to somebody, right. you know, it's like right. this mystery idea that we're all lone rangers, um, yeah. but we're, we're not, we're all, you know, you get married, you you're accountable to your spouse. You're accountable to you know your friends. You're not, you're accountable to your employer. And, and sometimes yeah. people forget that. And so it's just really good to have that. And so we really encourage people just to walk in a level of integrity and be an open book and not yeah. then then that's that adds this huge amount of freedom. And that is such a wonderful thing, you know, for parents. I I think for kids, of course, the extra layers are really important. I would mm-hmm. rather my uh, kids, while they have their training wheels on, not stumble on them stuff and um, you know, not even see it to see it even in yes, the first place. For sure. So the younger your kids are, the more you want to protect that exposure for sure. It's super important. Doug, can you offer any encouragement 
to the parent right now that is listening, that is just devastated. <laughs> like they just thought they had it all figured out. And they're like, oh my gosh, I don't know. I thought I had it figured out. I- I've been in that that place before, Dad. Oh, I have right. too. It can yeah. be so discouraging, you know, but I just, I do want to give you hope. First of all, you're listening to the Screen Strong podcast. You're learning. This mm-hmm. is, you, you, this is out there. It's kind of like, um, you know, if you, if you didn't know that a certain neighborhood is a bad neighborhood, but you let your child go walk around there, um, you know, you'd want to be told instead of having them get hurt in that bad neighborhood. And so we're just telling you there's a bunch of bad neighborhoods. And now, now you know more about that. And so you, we're all parents, we're all in this together. And so there are solutions, there are ways. Um, and you know what, your kids will thank you. Your kids want you to be walking this battle with them and helping Mm -hmm. them. And they don't want to fight this alone. They don't want to be exposed to pornography really. Mm -hmm. You know, even if they're hunting it out, it's, we just, we have to understand there are, there are predators. There's people out there trying to hurt kids. We just, that's the world we live in. And so we've got to prepare our kids and that's our job as parents. We can't get around that. We don't, we're not in a utopia, unfortunately, but again, be encouraged there. The screen, screen strong lifestyle has tools for you to help you navigate this in a way that is really the best way I've ever seen on the planet to be able to do that. And so you can, if you're feeling kind of discouraged right now, it's just because you're learning this for the first time, but, but, but just take heart. It's worth it. Your kids' heart and mind are worth fighting for. Thank you so much. That's very encouraging. Thank you for taking a really tough topic too and unpacking it for us because it's hard to understand. I'm it's glad really to. hard to understand. And, and I just want to add as a word of encouragement, if you feel like that you are uh, overprotecting too much, you are not. Um, you know, my, my kids even talk about this. They're like, what's wrong with parents? They need to protect their kids. You know, they, it's, we, you can't overprotect when it comes to keeping, uh, bad content away from them. I I don't think there's such a thing as overprotection. I, I don't think that we protect enough. And I think that we are trusting the device too much. So we don't have to be scared. We don't have to be, you know, scared, crazy, and clueless. That's not what we have to be. We have to understand what's happening and we have to stay ahead of the game. And if you don't feel comfortable that your devices are safe, then you certainly don't need to give them to your kids. Um, they can wait. They You can hit that pause button and when in doubt, don't, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And if the answer isn't an immediate yes, it's a no. <laughs> yep, not right now, certainly. Yeah, or not right now Yeah. Um, until you figure it out. And I do believe the biggest tip, if you are a parent who just feels like you're overwhelmed and you're not really savvy with all this stuff, then the biggest tip is you co-view screen time with your kids. It doesn't take that long. It really doesn't. And do things together as a family. They do not need personal handheld devices. Remember that the bigger the screens, the easier it will be to manage and to protect. Um, Again, check out Canopy on our site. You can try that as, as a filter, as far as a filter goes. It doesn't do time limits and all that, but we feel pretty good about that for, um, for the filters. So Doug, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your expertise so much. Thank you. Thank you, Melanie. It's an honor to be here and I'm, I'm just fighting for the parents along with you. So just love, love being able to help. You know, and what I would love to do is as we gear up our webinars again on our Connect Plus, we'll get you on there one week 
Awesome. Yeah, that would be really fun. Let's definitely do that. Thank you so much again. Thank you, Melanie. And thank everyone for listening today. If you have any questions for Doug or I, remember you can email them to us at team at screenstrong.org. We will do our best um, to answer them. Be sure and get over to the Connect Plus group. And that's where we're going to have more Q&A. So what's your homework? Share this podcast with your friends. It may just save their kids. So be sure and share. Subscribe on our site too. I haven't mentioned this in a while, but we need your email address because what's going to happen when Facebook gets messed up and we can't reach you that way? We need your email address. We send something out just twice a month. It's not that big a deal. Uh, we don't um, and we don't load a bunch of stuff in your inbox. And then, of course, uh, look at our courses. Our courses are one of the best ways to get started on your Screen Strong journey. We have a student course. We have a parent course. The best way to do this is to actually treat the courses like a book and have a course club, like a book club at your house. Just start with a small group of friends and go through this educational material. We have taken years of research and all our work in the public. And we've put this all in a very concise, easy to read format. So you get the best of the best. We are a nonprofit organization. So consider donating to us as well. Thank you so much again for joining us today. And remember, we've got your back and we are here to help you even with all of these hard parental control issues. So until next time, stand up for your kids, stand out from the crowd and stay strong. Stay strong.